Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. In the final chapter, Paul talks about the importance of prayer. And then he then talks again, what's important for us to note first, that the inner life of prayer will always lead to an outer life of witness. The inner life of prayer will always lead to an outer life of witness. What goes on in the with what comes from the mouth? And we can see that just pointed to right here. Now, he says, continue steadfastly. Your version might say earnestly, your version might say diligently. He is saying to keep on keeping on in your fervent, diligent heart for prayer. Being watchful in it. That word actually can be better translated as wakeful. Being wakeful, not wakeful. There's a lot of that, there's a lot of that disease going on in the world at the moment, being woke. He's saying being, being awake, be alert. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, same thing. Be watch firm in the faith Act like courageous men. Be strong, he says. So continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. You'll see Paul on a number of occasions, he points and giving thanksgiving. Being grateful as you pray. What does it say in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And so I always teach my children that, to always mind their manners. Always mind your manners, kids. Anyone have parents saying, mind your manners? You're telling your kids, mind your manners. That is, your pleases, your thank yous. In my relationship with my father, I mind my manners. At times, I've got to say sorry to him. I'm sorry, I own up to stuff. I'm sorry, Father, but I thank you for your forgiveness. Would you please help in this demand? Hey, God, you've got to come through here. How dare you not do that? How dare you allow this to happen? No, please, thank you, and even sorry. And here, Paul's saying, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is such an important posture that we must have in prayer and our relationship with God, because I think we can but we lack some of the humility in prayer. So boldly come to the throne room of grace, but remember that God is God. And we've got to have humility to realize God makes the determinations and the decisions at the end of the day. So he is responsible for the outcome, but I've got to take responsibility for my posture in the process. So boldness and humility are really key here. So he says, continue steadfastly, in prayer, being watchful in it, with thanksgiving. Many years ago, I would have a bittersweet relationship with uh, teachings on prayer. Because in one respect, I get fired up because I know how important it is. But in another respect, I would kind of feel a little bit guilty. I'll feel a little bit like, oh, I need to pray more. I'm feeling beaten up the side of the head because I... Anyone else feel like that sometimes? You feel like that. So when I, say to, when I say to you something like, how's your prayer life or your life of prayer, how would you respond? Good, bad, ugly. I don't, uh, it's good, but I need to pray some more. 
Oh, Pastor, I just got to praise them all. Yes, anyone? Okay. God is lessy of prayer and more so the quality of our prayer. Do you know sometimes a prayer can just be, Lord, do you know that's a prayer? The longings, the groanings of your heart. Sometimes that can be more powerful than you praying for three hours. Prayer is dependence. It's trust and faith. And I would submit to you, brothers and sisters, that um, if there is a, an issue of prayerlessness in your life, the issue itself is not prayerlessness, it's a lack of faith. So it's a faith issue. Think about it for a moment. In your heart, when, when, when dependence and faith is at the fore, when you have a sense of, God, you're good, or God, I need you. It provokes faith, and that shows itself. What I have made in my life is I would think, I need to pray more. I've got to discipline, my more, uh, discipline more so that I can pray more, I can trust more. I can... No, 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 no. Actually, let's strip all that back away a little bit. And where, where's the heart at with you, Lord? Is there a sense of, I need you. I long for you. I thank you. Because from that, the fruit of prayer comes. It's so much easier when we think of it in those terms, don't we? Here's, here's the way that, that one person uh, writes about prayer. He says that prayer is kind of like a train. Train, but faith is like the engine that drives the train. God's promises are the fuel, but discipline are the rails. So discipline is important. I have a discipline. I have a discipline, I'm sure you do, every day at a certain time or multiple times or when you get in the car or when you're in the shower or when you're driving the kids to school or whatever it is, maybe you've got a habit and there's a discipline that you have, a rhythm of prayer, which is good and that can help guide you. But there's no point in have faith to drive the prayer. So my question is, how's your faith engine going this morning? How's your faith engine going? We have such a... He calls for us to pray and spend time with Him. And prayer, keep in mind, is not just a... ...things that we want. Prayer goes far deeper than that. At the core of it, God just wants us to enjoy Him and be with Him. To trust Him, to call on Him. That's at the core of it. Think of it as communion, that we commune with Him. How's your communion going with Jesus? How's my communion going, going with Him? At times, God will use things and people and systems and triggers to get my attention to remind me that I need Him. And sometimes, I won't like those triggers. <laughs> Have you ever been triggered before by somebody? Have you? Don't look at your spouse. Don't do it. Don't do it. Have you ever been triggered by something? You've been triggered by something or someone in your street, perhaps it's a physical ailment that you've been triggered by. Well, God can use those triggers to call to you to say, come on, come on, come to me, work this out together and continue in that. So Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer. If you're taking notes, write this down. Persevere, use heart. When you pray, 
persevere and don't lose heart. Continue. Be consistent. Be persistent and don't give up. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to talk about uh, two passages in Luke chapter 18. The first one here is verse 1 to 7. Jesus, it says in Luke 18, 1, told them a parable to the effect that they, watch this, I've underlined this, that they always, and not lose heart, that they ought always, not sometimes, not when they want the lotto numbers, not when uh, they're in dire needs, but always, always, always pray and don't lose heart. This is what he says. Verse 2, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a to Jesus and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice down by her continual coming. Oh, I've got so many funny things to say, but I'm going to keep going on. Verse 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on earth. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith on earth? Will he find faith in you and me, brothers and sisters? Think about that for a second. Jesus is telling a story that we would be compelled to continue to pray and not lose an unrighteous judge doesn't want to be bugged by this woman who's pestering him. I want this worked out, judge. What's going on here? And Jesus is telling us a message. Have you ever felt like you're just bugging God a lot for something? Well, Jesus says, don't lose heart. Continue steadfastly in prayer and don't give up but he hasn't answered my prayer and it's been three interesting that we live in a microwave generation but at times we're dealing with a crockpot god some things just take time and we have a father who doesn't want spoiled brats for kids which means he's not just going to give us what we want for it he wants for us to come to Him, to trust Him, to appeal to Him, to even reason with Him sometimes. I have three beautiful daughters, very creative and adventurous. It doesn't get any of that from me. I'm not mischievous at all. <laughs> but one of my daughters, who shall remain nameless... Um, does like pets and they all like pets <laughs> but this one in particular she started off with earthworms <laughs> worms she started off with one or two worms I now <laughs> a 
she brought it home from school with some school experiment that they had and, and now I've got this whole three-level worm farm in the backyard. And have a guess who's looking after the worms. Who's watering them once a week? Who's feeding them with, 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 with the banana peels? And can't put the citrus peels in there because that'll kill them. Have a guess who's putting in the soil conditioner. Yeah, yeah, not the one who wanted the worms. That's me. And have a guess what then? So we got guppies. <laughs> we got guppies. And we started off with a few. We ended up with having with literally several hundred across two tanks. Have a guess who's feeding the blinking guppies. <laughs> I've recently managed to... <laughs> well... <laughs> Up until recently, this same um, uh, said child uh, wanted a pet spider. <laughs> a pet spider. This child would find house spiders, grab them by the leg and say, Dad, can, Dad look at this spider. Yeah. Give, 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 give me that, that spider. No, Dad, don't kill the spider. And goes and puts the spider outside. She has the audacity about two weeks ago to come to me. pet snake. She wants a pet snake. She saw something on YouTube about pet snakes. Now, as a good, good father that I am, am I going to get her a pet snake? No, I'm not, I'm not in Jesus' name. Be quiet. I'm not going to be getting her a pet snake. What do I do as I say, oh my dickens, what, 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 you want a snake? And so I just start to ask questions. Who's going to look after the snake? I will, Dad, yeah. How are, you going to, how are you going to look after it? Where is the snake going to stay? Uh, how are you going to feed the snake, darling? Uh, idea in theory, but in practice, she's just a young child. Sometimes we ask for through, and our father knows better than us. But have a guess what, though? I, I, I'm going to be straight up with you. If as she grows, she continues to ask me about this snake and I see that, it, and as she starts to satisfy conditions such as how are we going to look after the snake? How are we going to feed the snake? Can you take care of the snake? How, how are we going to do this? If as a father I can see in her pursuit of <laughs> being crazy enough to want a snake, I'll make the decision on whether or not she gets it. But I tell you what, it's right out the window based on past performance. But as she grows and develops, if she continues to pursue and ask, then as a father, I'm more willing to listen. With this, I wonder if sometimes the Lord is just waiting to see. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? So instead of just a scattergun approach to our prayer, let's consider this thing through. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to steer our hearts in this. It's really, really important. So please by way of disclosure, my point here is to persevere and don't lose heart. Please don't go to any of my daughters and encourage them to persevere and not lose heart in their request for a pet snake. <laughs> I really have wonderful children, that I can tell you. But in prayer, in our life of prayer with, with our King, let's not be passive. God knows everything anyway, so I'm not even going to bother. Don't be passive. Be persistent. Come to him. Work with him. He gives us his spirit to pray with us. He's not a distant God. He's closer than you realize. 
He's saying, come. He's saying, come. If you're feeling, let's go back to the illustration of the prayer train. If you feel as though you're lacking faith to come to Him, the question would be, where are you leaking your faith? Where are you lacking faith? Why is it there? Perhaps you feel like, oh, I've been let down. Maybe expect, well, if I pray, I must have an outcome. But I want to put to you, brothers and sisters, that the point of prayer, the greatest single gift we get from prayer is not the outcome of the breakthrough, perhaps, though they're good. The best thing about prayer is we get Him. Jesus Himself and His presence is the greatest gift we get. So seek Him in the process. Maybe it's a realigning of expectations that we we require. I tell you what else helps me when I feel a little bit deflated or tired or exhausted or even distracted at times in prayer. I look back and I look at what He has done for me. God, you've graced me in the past. You've You've, you've healed in the past, you've restored in the past, you've re- did it for them, I know you can do it for me. And that provokes my faith engine, which stimulates, stimulates the prayer train to get going again. Perhaps God might be leading you into repentance, to, to repent, or perhaps it's low-minded thinking, expecting very little from God. It could be the other end. Oh, God couldn't do that, He he, he did it for them, but they're better than me, and I'm just a nobody, and God wouldn't do that for me. Of thinking. I want to submit to your friends. Ask God to show you, Lord, how can I grow in the realm of faith and prayer? So we are encouraged to persevere and not lose heart. But here's another point I want to make. Let's, let's, let's check out in Colossians what Paul says. Verse 3, at the same time, pray also for us. And he doesn't say, pray for us just a general blessing. Just pray for us. Just keep us in your prayers. He has the faith to be specific. He says, pray that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Why is he in prison? Speaking the word of Christ. Preaching the gospel. But what's he praying for? To get out of prison. Prison, pray, pray that somehow the courts rule in our favor. That's not what he's praying. This guy's crazy. This guy's legitimately crazy for Jesus. He says, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. The very reason he was thrown in prison, he says, hey... Pray that God do some more of that kind of stuff. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go into how crazy the prayer is. Let's just focus in this moment for how specific he is. He has the faith for God to come through for a specific purpose. It, it takes faith for this. When people come to me and they ask, oh, Pastor, can you just pray? Which can I just say, we all have the same Holy Spirit. Right? We, all, we all, but when people come to me, I say, okay, how can I pray for you? Be specific with us. Tell me, what is it exactly you want? Be specific. How can I help you? Oh, I want breakthrough for finances, or I need breakthrough for my addiction. I, I need God to really come through in my marriage. I, 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 I have a specific ailment in my, in my need Him to heal me. Be specific. 
Have the faith, the courage to narrow down what you're asking for, what you're petitioning for. Let's go back to Luke chapter 18. Here's a really interesting... He doesn't, he's not mentioned as Bartimaeus here in this passage, but another gospel tells us that it is Bartimaeus. It says, verse 35, as Jesus drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by... He's a blind beggar. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, in verse 40 it says, and commanded him to be brought to him and when he came near he asked him what do you want me to do for you he said lord let me recover my sight and jesus said to him recover your sight your faith has made you well and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him and all the people when they saw it gave praise to god think about that for a moment there who comes to jesus saying have mercy on me Jesus has the audacity to say to this blind beggar, what do you want? Be specific. Uh, Jesus, I can't see at the moment. No, respectfully, he says, I, 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 I want you to help me recover my sight, Lord. To his specificity of faith, be it unto you. I wonder if the Lord Jesus is saying, as we come to the prayer closet perhaps, what exactly can I do for you? Oh Lord, just bless my family. I pray that every night with my girl. I pray every morning. I, I, I pray for blessing, but I also have specifics. The Lord is reminding me personally to continue to come to him with faith to be specific in prayer. What is he calling for you to be specific in? Is it an attitude of the heart? Is it a overcoming, a, an ailment that you've been struggling with perhaps for years? Well, persevere and don't lose heart. Be specific. And watch God get the glory. Watch God get the glory. It says in James, you have not because you... I wonder how many things are on the other side of my request. I wonder what I'm lacking in my life simply because I just haven't asked for it. We recently had one of our guys now, Malaga Congregation, his name's Josh. He shared a testimony um, that he and his wife miscarriages, seven miscarriages. They had to keep asking God, keep asking God. They got to the point where the doctors said, to fall pregnant, you're going to have to consider IVF as your only option. I, I know, I know, I just, I just know, I just have faith. That we're going to have a baby, but it's going to be naturally. Now, we have a number of people in our church community that have IVF children, but for some reason, he just had faith that he had a naturally uh, um, uh, conceived baby. 
seven miscarriages. For him, he said seven was the number of completion and new things were at eight. They lined up IVF because they thought, well, we trust God, but we're open to whatever. The day before the IVF, she was found the day before. Their son Eli now is 20 months old. Isn't that interesting? You have not because you ask not. When you ask, you ask me. May we have faith that God is good. He's, he really is a better father than we sing about. Have the faith to be specific. And the final, wrestle from rest. Learn to wrestle from rest. See, prayer is more than just a, a kumbaya moment. One of my favorite things to do is in the morning, I get my cup of coffee, I drag my sorry self out of bed, a kettle on, <laughs> have, a, have a black cup of coffee, sit with my Bible, chuck some music on at 6, 6.30 in the morning. Sometimes my girls come with me, sometimes they don't. But I, I'm just nice and quiet and I just spend time with God. I'm grateful. I just want to be in His presence. And prayer, prayer is about that. But you know prayer is not just about that, don't you? And sometimes I think our theology and ideologies are amiss thinking that prayer is all about um, 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 passivity and uh, uh, restfulness. And, and, and those things are, are important. But prayer is often so much more than that. It's from that place of rest called work to strive and even wrestle. Sometimes we're called to have a holy contention. So let's go down to verse 12. Last week, Pastor Scott mentioned a number of people in this chapter that were important. There's one in particular, Epaphras, that I want to mention. It says in verse 12 of Colossians, Epaphras, servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Let's not gloss over that. Let's come back to it for a second. Epaphras, always on your behalf in his prayers, struggling, striving, laboring, working perhaps, you know, prayer can sometimes be hard work. Have you ever felt that when you're praying? It can be hard work sometimes. That's what he's pointing to here. Epaphras. That word there, um, when connected with his agonismi, that's the Greek word. That word struggling, my. It's a wrestling, your version might say, wrestling in prayer. Epaphras would often, would wrestling in his prayers for you, wrestling, 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 struggling, contending for a prize is another way of interpreting that. This is what John Piper says about prayer. John Piper says that prayer is often a wartime walkie-talkie. Prayer is often a wartime 
walkie-talkie. Imagine that. Have you felt like this in prayer sometimes? You're like, Lord, I feel like I'm under siege right now. I'm coming to you, but I need some assistance. Send in the cavalry. Send in the air force. There are mines blowing up left, right, and center. There are, I'm being fired. Send some angels to assist. Have you ever felt like that? Prayer is often like that. It's a wrestle. That same word, agonizomai. Let's do a quick little uh, uh, word reference. 1 Timothy 4.10. For to this end we toil and we strive or we agonizomai or we wrestle because we have our hope set on the living God who is the saviour of all people, especially of those who believe. 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. That fight is agonizomai. Fight that same struggle, that same wrestle, that same strive. 2 Timothy 4 says, Fought, I have agonizomai, the good fight. I finished the race. John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. So what's he saying? The same reference, that same root understanding in prayer, wrestle, fight, contend. Epaphras was doing that for those people. Now, who was Epaphras to these people? Who was he? He was one of them. He was the father, the pastor of these people. He had the heart for these people. It wasn't Paul. Paul actually never went to Colossae. Paul was in prison sending information through. Epaphras had a heart for these people. Have you ever noticed that it's so much easier for you to struggle or wrestle or fight for someone else that you have a heart for? So in prayer, if you're lacking the vigor, the fire to struggle or fight or contend, you are heart for them. It's a lot easier than contending for someone you don't really know. You can still same. This is why I am so grateful for the prayers of my mum and even my dad because they would wrestle for me in prayer when I was wayward as a youngster. Wrestle, wrestle, to wrestle, to wrestle in prayer says, I am not going to allow distraction. I'm not going to allow any depression. I'm not going to allow any dissuasion to stop me from seeking God in this moment. Because sometimes it's a wrestle. Sometimes you're wrestling against yourself. If you ever want to see your phone, you should go on a prayer walk. I'm going to go pray now. You get to, sometimes it's yourself. You're actually wrestling against. Sometimes it's the enemy. Other times, like it's Jacob wrestling with God. In Deuteronomy, we can see that Moses wrestled with God so that he wouldn't destroy some people. He was wrestling, contending with God in Deuteronomy chapter 9. In 2 Samuel, we can see David has a wrestle with God to save his son. Now, sometimes, uh, uh, just because you're wrestling with God or some, just because you're persistent or persevering in, in your faith doesn't mean that that's a formula for you to twist God's arm. But I tell you what, it's going to put you in the best possible place. To be programmatic or prescriptive with God when it comes to our prayer life. And in the same way, we can see uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians. There was a wrestling with, with the Lord Jesus. Can you get rid of three times? In Matthew, we can see a, a significant wrestle from Jesus. Jesus is the king of all wrestlers. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 26, he was specific as well. Three times, remember, so he's, he's persevering in prayer just before he, he was put on the cross. He said, Lord, please, Father, take this cup from me. Never your will be done. 
So he was wrestling, but it was also from a place of rest because you see that nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He's resting in his Father and his Father's will. Restfulness, restfulness. Here are two examples I want to leave you with which, which I'm wrestling. In. Here's some personal wrestles that I'm having at the moment. The first one uh, is, is in it with a friend called Shane. Shane is a friend in our uh, Malaga congregation. Maybe many of you are aware of him and his situation about four weeks ago. Out of the blue, he started having issues with his pancreas. To hospital, his Rusted Junilup Hospital. It just it started there, and within 24 hours, he almost lost his life because his organs started shutting down. He's in the ICU in um, Charlie's at the moment. You know, praying with him many days, and he's um, been looking very bleak. But I tell you what. God hears the prayers of his saints. So he has been there largely comatose most of the time, in and out. But now he's actually, he, I spoke to his wife yesterday in the best place he's probably been since ever, uh, since been put in there. He, he hold his hand and I'll just pray with him and speak life over him and send messages to him from people in the church and even family speaking life you are getting better day by day in jesus name we speak to the organs will in jesus name i speak the life of the holy spirit over you in jesus name he acknowledges he's aware of what's happening and i read to him a scripture from colossians chapter one let's go to verse 29 of chapter one just as we're about to finish for this i toil or i work struggling you know what that word struggling means that's the same agonismi i agonismi reminds me of that word agonizing for this i toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me so th th this sounds like a bit of a conundrum here because paul is saying for this i work and i agonism I, I struggle I wrestle his energy God's energy that he powerfully works within me so we learn then to rest so when I'm with Shane I read him Colossians 1:29. I say Matt I'm going to read you this verse and it hit me up the side of the head not that long ago I remember sharing it a fighting for you you keep fighting yourself. Keep fighting in yourself, but make sure you rely on, keep fighting with all of His energy that He powerfully works within you, Shane. Keep going. Keep fighting the good fight. Your two little ones, they're getting better. They're, they're, they're missing you, but they're growing and they're believing with you as well. Shane is doing well. We're surrounding you, bro. So what are you struggling for? What are you contending for? What are you believing in God for? And how are you wrestling? Is it in your strength or His? Here's the last example I want to finish with. And this is very, uh, very raw. This is only a couple of days old, actually. My sister-in-law recently gave birth to a beautiful baby named Levi. Fourth, she's now 10 days old. So 10 days ago, she gave birth. But two days ago, she got rushed to hospital. She got ru rushed to hospital... Uh, on Thursday, uh, going into septic shock. And what's happened to her is that um, uh, 
say this happens every few years. They see only once every few years a case like this. Now the scenario was that uh, her organs were also shutting down. And uh, she contracted a bug called group A strep which is not such an uncommon bug but when it gets in your blood it's it, it can be quite fatal so the surgeon said to me over the phone and, and operate really quickly to try and get to the root of this they drained over two liters of pus from around her organs that was in the first surgery the second surgery they said oh, we're going to have to remove a lot of organs um, and when before they went into that surgery, the surgeon said, um, he said, we've only done this operation on situations like this on three mums and two of them have passed away. That's how serious it is. That's before they actually went inside to see how bad the infection was. When they went inside on Friday to see how bad the infection was in her tummy, they said, it's remarkable that she's still alive after the extent of this infection. So it wasn't looking good. If, if ever I can recall myself wrestling in prayer for someone, it's for her children, it's for my brother, it's for her. She almost lost her life. But after surgery yesterday, the doctors are all happier. They're seeing a, a marked improvement somehow, somehow. I've been praying for your wife. We've got it. We got some insiders. We had some nurses on the hook to them. And they said, oh, we've been praying for your brother. Talk to one lady. Oh, I know your pastor. Oh, yeah, I know you. I'm friends with your pastor too. He's got his insiders. That's what he does. He puts his... That's why we need God's ministers everywhere. Shine your light. Don't be shy about it. Do you know how much of an encouragement it is to other people? Huddle of God's people and his servants in here. We've got to get out. The soul's got to get out of the soul shaker. So the good news is this, that Helena is stable. Her blood pressures have improved, um, her infection. The baby who also contracted this, they were very concerned about the baby in the hospital too. But I'm wrestling. I'm struggling. It's not always easy. But I do it from a place of rest in Christ Jesus. What are you wrestling for? And how are you wrestling in prayer? Are you doing it from a place of victory on the cross? Because that's where it all this is done. We, we, we pray, we petition because we know Jesus has overcome. He's victorious. And because he's victorious, we pray from up here. We don't pray from down here. We, we're, we're with him right now. We're seated with him in the heavenly realm right now you brothers and sisters that God has you in the family for a reason and it's not just for you it's about you he has us in the kingdom for his glory and to serve and pray for and love on each other so how is he provoking you to struggle in your prayers for someone else we hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.